0: I confess, after sex with my girlfriend, we were handing the vibrator from her to me when it slipped. It hit my tooth, shattered it. The vibrator was the rabbit. The day was Easter. <laughs> Rabbit's revenge. <laughs> sex. Almost everybody does it, and almost nobody talks about it, except at Bedpost Confessions, a live storytelling series based in Austin, Texas. Whether the performers are funny, informative, political, or completely personal, the anonymous Confessions from the audience are the stars of every show. Stories heard at Bed Piss Confessions explore themes of sexuality, gender identity, dating, marriage, masturbation, breakups, health and wellness, and more. Whether the story is hysterical or downright emotionally raw, we hope Bed Piss Confessions will either spark a fantasy or start a conversation. Maybe even both. Hi, sexies. Let's do this. Just this. This. The line, so what are we gonna do about the sexual tension between us? The place, the town's only gay club treks with double X because gays. The context, we had lived together the previous year, and while we had no major grievances with one another, we just didn't work out as roommates. That night, she was on a date, but casual, like, see you at Trex, and I was single out of a four-year relationship with my first girlfriend. Her response, yeah, um, what are we going to do about that sexual tension? She said it like she was dealing with some pesky irritation that you actually secretly love. The action. Bathroom makeout. Luckily, the stalls had full doors, so that when her date came around looking for her, she couldn't see two sets of recognizable shoes. From there, we went back to my apartment to have the kind of hot sex one might expect from two people who had been flirting for years, but couldn't date because they were both in relationships. Pent up sexual frustration wasn't us, though. True, we had been known to get raunchy on the dance floor, and true, I had been in a relationship for the duration of our friendship, but. I casually yet confidently tossed the sexual tension line because I wanted to see if it would stick. I wanted to have fun with a friend. Rye was a great friend, supportive, caring, an exceptional listener, and game for just about anything. We spent my 21st birthday together in New York City. Shout out to Henrietta Hudson's and New Yorkers. Oh, last night there was a lot of y'all. Okay, whatevs. Henrietta Hudson's still there. I knew little about drinking, especially the dehydrating nature of downing shots while dancing in a midsummer heat wave. Drunk and whiny on the way back to the train, I wanted water, damn it. Rye and my girlfriend did what most butches do when the femme is demanding and the butch has the opportunity. They rose to the occasion. (laughs) Yes. They stole a bag of ice from the back of a delivery truck and fed me ice chips. Heroic petty theft aside, though, Rye was generally awkward, kind of fumbly and slow to make up her mind. She was game for anything because that way she didn't have to make a choice. I was brash and opinionated, um... Uh, I mean, I still really am. That should not be it it was. Okay, and I found her indecision tedious. This is probably why we clashed as roommates. But once we were no longer living together and my girlfriend became my ex, our dynamic shifted to reveal an opportunity. A new Rye emerged once we started fucking. In the bedroom, Rye took what she wanted and gave it right back ten fucking fold. She had this incredible sex swagger. Yes. The science behind what attracts people to one another has been written about plenty. There are the pheromones and the shared interests and background, but what doesn't often make the list is the size of a woman's thigh. Rise was perfect for my pleasure While my ex had been a fine daddy, her girth was lacking, and often we made each other sore, grinding our hip bones together. My body mounted Rise so, so nicely. We would grind against each other's thighs for hours with our orgasm crusting and falling into overlapping and simultaneous succession. Add uh, biting, hair pulling, and spanking, and the way making out with her just felt timeless. One would have thought that Rye was going to be my one and only, but I didn't want that, nor did she. Our connection was this pure um, and rare blend of friend and lover. We were never going to fall in love. We we did build a nest, and it was safe and supportive and open. It was intense and silly and all the things that you want in a partner, but we were never going to build a life on it. We knew its expansive yet contained limits. When she was close to coming, Rye would lightly paw at my skin. The gesture made me blush with embarrassment. It felt too familial, like a child signaling her parent for more. Previously, her grip was strong, my ass malleable in her hands. She dug in and pulled me closer to her. Our bodies moved in rhythmic motion, and it was hard to tell where she began and I ended. But as her climax mounted, her pressure eased. Her fingertips, extending out and curling in lightly against my skin, told me to keep doing what I was doing, told me she was close, assured me of my job, which is to fuck her. Raking is what they call this in child development terms. Transition point. When I became a mother, uh, my son raked my arm during feedings, giving me a similar assurance of a job well done. Often during these late night feedings with little sleep to be had and the magnitude of being responsible for another human being so bizarre and overwhelming... I thought of Rye and how she would rake my skin for a different yet similar reason. I wondered if her raking had followed her from birth. I wondered if she even knew that she did it. I was too embarrassed to ever ask her about it. But there, late at night, caring for my son, I came to understand that touch, whether between lovers or parent and child, is a primal form of communication when words aren't available. This is why sounds and gestures become the main form of communication during sex, this root acted in pleasure, desire, and need. We reach out, grazing the skin of another another with fingertips stroking into palms, a gesture that says, just this, more of this, I trust you, I love you, just this, just this. Rye and I were just this, just this moment, just this fantastic fuck. More than friends with benefits, less than girlfriends, we occupied the space in between, a space that even years later we can inhabit. And I can declare this with confidence because Rye is here, and we are having a very nice reunion. So then, Rye uh, offered me possibility, a new way to experience a relationship free of obsession and possession that was central to my first partner's love for me. And now Rai offers me an escape, a way to see myself beyond the all-consuming role of mother and wife. And for what I offer Rai, well, you'll have to ask her about that. I was her first in a similar yet different way than she was mine. Brian and I created a space of possibilities, a space that I hope everyone can find at some point, where friendship, sex, and mutual body part alignment, whether pussy and thigh or pussy and cock or pussy and pussy and cock and cock or tits or ass or mouth, all comes together. And you can purr just this. Just this. Just this. Thank you. Bedpost Confessions is produced by Julie Gillis, Mia Martina, and Sadie Smythe. Audio production is by Ian Danskin. You don't have to attend a show to confess. With our Confession Scroller, you can confess with us anytime on our site at bedpostconfessions.com. Also, pick up a copy of our anthology, Bedpist Confessions Real Sex, Real People, Real Stories, which features 35 stories and hundreds of audience confessions. Bedpist Confessions, the anthology, found on Amazon in print and ebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And if you have a sec, please help bring Bedpist Confessions to more people by rating the podcast. You know how it works. More ratings and reviews equals higher podcast ranking equals more confessions. Thanks for your support, and until next time, we will leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess, I had two ex-lovers who told me they couldn't orgasm. I gave them both their first, and I will forever be proud of that. I confess, my partner and I always clean our dildos after sex, but I never remember to put them away. My maintenance man has at this point probably seen them all. I confess, my husband cheated on me. I found the video of them fucking. I watched it three times. (laughs) It hurt at first, and then it turned me on. I confess, he said, get in the car take your pants off. And then he reached in his pants and he pulled out a knife and he said, don't be scared. I'm going to cut your panties now. Yes. Yes. was what I said. (laughs) He scared you guys a little bit. Thought that was non-consensual. She said yes.